Welcome to the Public Health Joy Podcast, the safe space for real and honest conversation about what building a public health research career is really like, the challenges, the triumphs, and all the lessons we learn along the way. I'm your host, Dr. Joy, a public health researcher, PhD survivor, and entrepreneur. In today's episode, we are talking with Mississippi native, Dr. Marche McNeil, about how she is driving positive impact as she shares her public health journey from community college to community researcher. This is where research meets relationship, and together we will find our public health joy. All right, welcome to the Public Health Joy podcast. And on this episode, we have Dr. Marche McNeil, who is core faculty at Walden University. And it's interesting because I don't often get to talk to a lot of public health researchers and professionals on my podcast who are from Mississippi. So Marche is a native of Hattiesburg, Mississippi, and Hattiesburg is where I live as well, but I'm a native of Jackson, Mississippi. And I always like to tell where I met my guests or my first encounter with them. So my first encounter with Dr. Marche McNeil was when I was coordinating my first job. Actually, it was my first job out of my master of public health program. I don't even know if you knew that, Marche. (laughs) It was my first job out of my master of public health program. And I had been hired to coordinate a community-based participatory research project. And Marche, you were one of our community members who served on our community advisory team. So that was exciting for me to kind of get to know you through the process and our other community members through the process. But also it was my first time going through the process and I learned a lot. You all taught me a whole lot (laughs) during that process. (laughs) So I'm going to let you go ahead and tell us and our listeners who you are, what you do, and a little bit about your journey in public health research. Okay. Thank you, Joy. And I will say you did an awesome job leading that project. You really, really did. Oh, thank you. Um, you're welcome. <laughs> As you said, I'm native of Hattiesburg. I went to the University of Southern Mississippi, graduated with an undergraduate degree in community health sciences and health promotion, a master of public health in epidemiology and biostats, and a doctoral degree in adult education all of those from the University of Southern Mississippi. And then at that time, I was working with the Community Mental Health Center. I was doing drug and alcohol prevention, prevention coordinator for that. And I did that for about 11 years with the Mental Health Center and basically going out and teaching schools, teaching colleges, teaching students about the dangers of drugs and alcohol, and also in the community in various places doing that. And then prior to that, I was breast and cervical cancer education. So doing that, and then I decided that I wanted to make a career change and go into higher education. So I started working adjunct with the University of Southern Mississippi and then got a full-time position as assistant professor with Louisiana State University Shreveport. And I was there teaching community health sciences and master of public health classes, and then transitioned back to Hattiesburg. And now I'm teaching full time with Walden University in their master of public health program, and eventually in their DRPH, so Doctor of Public Health program. So that's my journey of how I got here, <laughs> and some of my background related to that. I kind of fell into public health 
so to speak. Don't we all like I don't we know do? I've, I've never met anyone who has just been like, oh, I've always dreamed of being in public public <laughs> health. Like nobody ever says that. We all just like, oh, I fell into it. I fumbled into it. Public health found me. I don't know where it came from. Like exactly. Because when I started out, I went to Jones Junior College first as an English major. Then I said I don't want to do that. I changed to athletic training. And so when I went to USC, I was like, I don't like this anymore. <laughs> so the catalog is how I found community health. I said, I know I want to be in the health field. I don't want to be a nurse. So what else could I do? And by browsing the catalog, I found community health. And I loved it. <laughs> and so that's just what I stuck with from there. And I got into adult education because one of the professors in public health told me to diversify. He suggested adult education. So that's how I got into that. And now you see more adult education coming into public health because basically we are educating adults on the health education side. So <laughs> that's kind of how I got into that. And I'm writing down points like, I'm like, oh, you're saying so much good stuff. But oh. one of the things that you mentioned was you went to, you said you went to Jones County Junior College. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes in my experience working with some graduate students, sometimes they're worried, like I attended community college or junior Mm -hmm. college. I don't have research experience. How do I get into the field? And I'm like, who told y'all that lie? Community. (laughs) Community. I mean, (laughs) to me, that was the great choice for my prereqs, for all my basic courses, my core courses, taking them in that smaller environment to begin with was a lot better than when I got to the university and I was like, oh, these classes are huge. And it didn't look any different. Hey, there's nothing wrong with going to a community college. Nothing at all. Absolutely. And you can get the experience. Nothing. You can get everything you can you need at a community college, at a junior college. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. so I think it's important to dispel that myth. <laughs> that, that Yes, and it commu- is. And community colleges have some of the best resources. Like, sometimes I'm like, man, I wish I had gone to a community college too, because I'm like, <laughs> they, have, they have some of the best resources mm-hmm. and programs that you would never know no, about. They do. They do. Yeah. You so, are so right. So yeah. I would never discount that at all. Mm-hmm. No. Absolutely. And if anything, it can add to your experience mm-hmm. um, it can mm-hmm. and, just and like, those are you know some good contexts yes yeah, yeah definitely opportunities for networking and like you mentioned you know mm-hmm. it's important to diversify your skill set and there are going to be some skills that you learn and that you pick up at a community college that you may not pick up at a four-year university in the Mm -hmm. same way. And I really like the small environment, the more one-on-one attention, you know, that you can get from those smaller environments and things. So I enjoyed, like, for example, the athletic training. I enjoyed it at Jones because there weren't very many people, you know, (laughs) but when I got to USM, it was like, oh, wow. Like, it was totally different for me. And so it's just different. And then you also feel a lot more community. You know people and you have the same experience, the same experience. Yeah. And I think also probably the level of support as well. 
Mm-hmm. At a lot of these four-year universities, it can be difficult to get the close-knit support and close-knit community mm-hmm. that you need. So at a community college or a junior college, you get to have that experience and you know what it's right. like to get a different level of support. So that's good too. And mm-hmm. I think it's also important. Uh, some of the other things you mentioned were career changes, right? I think <laughs> sometimes we have this, and I don't know if it's because like I'm a millennial and so my parents are baby boomers. So it's like, you got to find a job and stay there for 20 years. Right. Like, <laughs> type thing. Like we're, we're not really doing that anymore. And see, so I'm it's on that line, you know, that generational line kind of mm-hmm. in between. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I also had that mindset, you know, like, cause I was at that job uh, with the prevention for 11 years and don't get me wrong. It was a good job and I loved it, but it had got to the point where it kind of like, okay. I need something different. <laughs> I need something different. Yes. Yeah. And I think it's that's the thing. Like, it's okay mm-hmm. that you have a career change. And it once again, it allows you to diversify your skill sets. Mm-hmm. It allows you mm-hmm. to get experience in different places. And when you start getting into public health research, that will only benefit you. <laughs> it will. It will. And be able to connect with people, different types Mm -hmm. of people based on different types of experiences that you've had. And so that's super important for research. And it's okay to change your Mm -hmm. career. It's okay if you don't know what you want to do right now. Exactly. It is perfectly okay. Yes. And when I was in my PhD program, we had a class actually on health, health education. So that was one of the courses in the adult education PhD program. And that's where it kind of like sparked like, hey, you know, like I can put these two together, you know, how I can come up with my idea for my dissertation. And so at the same time, when I was working at the mental health center, they sent me to be trained to be in mental health first aid. I don't know if you all have ever heard of mental health first aid, but that is just like first aid CPR. What do you do when someone's in distress. So what do you do if someone's having a mental health crisis? How do you react and what do you do in those instances? And that's when I first heard the term of mental health literacy. And so the founder of Mental Health First Days from Australia, he coined this term and he came up with this whole training. So I was like, hey, how can I look at this mental health literacy and this relates to public health and get it in line with my adult education research and get them together for my dissertation. So that's what I did with my research there. One of the things that you're saying that stood out to me is, and for some people who might be listening, might be like, wait a minute, PhD in adult education, shouldn't you have a PhD in public health? So I think it's also important to note, you don't have to get a PhD in public health. to work in public health (laughs) or to do public health research. And I don't have a PhD in public health either. My PhD Mm -hmm. is in education as well. So Mm -hmm. definitely another myth to dispel. You don't have to stick in public health as far as your degrees because everything Mm -hmm. is public health. It's up to you to figure out how do you acknowledge that everything is in public health or public mm-hmm. health is in everything? Mm-hmm. And how do you connect what it is you want to do or what resonates with you? How do you make that connection to public health? And that's a really cool feature of public health too, is that you can be it super is. innovative and versatile and all of that mm-hmm. stuff with public health and creative. You can yes, because it crosses so many different aspects, you know, and I I had a student, for instance, who was working on creating 
in program planning, you know, looking at a, a program and he said, well, I want to look at crime. That's not a health problem. He was like, that's not related to public health. I said, yes, it is related. It's very related to public health. And he's in the program. He still couldn't get past that mindset of what is health. So it's like, again, defining what health is for people and see all these ways. We cross, public health crosses everything. And nothing brought that out more than the pandemic, but that's a whole Another story. Yes, very true. And I mean, the way mm-hmm. that people are able to just be so creative with public health. And I'll tell them myself, mm-hmm. when I was in high school, I was a, a theater geek. Okay, I was a theater geek. But people use drama in public health. People use yes, theater in public health. People use, uh-huh. I've heard of laughter therapy or play therapy, mm-hmm. recreational therapy, these things that bring us joy in our lives because they make us feel good. They make us happy. And they improve our health and well-being. Mm-hmm. Those are things that are important to public health. I wish I could remember the name of the group when I was working at the Community Mental Health Center, but all across the state, we would all get together. So at South Panola High School, they had a whole group who went around the country. Actually, they made it all the way to Hawaii, which is, <laughs> I think is awesome. But they took the prevention stories with the drug, the alcohol, and they made plays. Actually, what you said, they made skits. So they performed skits to music and song and dance to present to different high schools and different groups all around, like I said, the country. I think they even went internationally with it. But again, it was the drama part of it, the singing part, the acting part, and they put that in with that prevention part. And then again, essentially they're doing, you know, prevention mm-hmm. is is a part of public health. And then that was just awesome. Like you said, it's so many different things that you can do. When I first got into community health, it, that's what it was called. It wasn't public health. Public health was the term it was changing to at that time. And not very many people knew what that was. So when I would tell people that, you know, oh, I'm in school for public health or I'm in school for community health. Okay, now what is that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm so happy that now people are starting to recognize actually what the field is. It has grown so much in the time that I've been working. And I've been working for about 20 years. So it has changed a whole lot. Absolutely. With your career path, what Mm -hmm. has been the most challenging part of it? And being involved in public health research has been most challenging for you. Let's see. The most challenging part would be, one, getting people to recognize what it actually is. And one challenge that I had, and I always go back to when I, because that's my longest job that I have at the Community Mental Health Center, but getting people to recognize the importance of it. Whenever we would have a job to come up in the prevention field, they would always want someone with a social work degree. And I was like, this job is made for a person in public health. And then as time passed, you saw more and more people with public health degrees get the jobs, but they wanted somebody with psychology or social work or something in that field. And I'm like, this is a great fit for somebody in public health. So one of the greatest challenges that I saw was getting people to respect what we do and know what we do on that end. Community work is hard. So I say sometimes that that they can also be a challenge because again, whatever it is that you 
are so passionate about and that you know is so important and that they know, trying to get their body in to that. We're such a grassroots field that sometimes trying to get that community buy-in, get that community stake and get them to get excited about what you're excited about can be a challenge as well. So that is one other thing that I have seen and that I've experienced to be a challenge, but it's so rewarding. And I always tell students that if you do nothing else, make sure you volunteer. Mm-hmm. Volunteer and join something. And that always helps you make connections and get you shown. And then, you know, not only will it help you with your career path, but it also helps you once you start doing the work. Absolutely. And I will say with the point about social work, right? It's funny because I've worked in social work. I don't have not one, not nan social work degree. <laughs> we from the South, y'all. We say nan, yeah. not, not nan <laughs> self, social, social work degree. But guess what? I worked for the Department of Social Work because social work and public health are so closely related. And I've often heard people say like, they're like first cousins. Mm -hmm. It's hard to have one without the other, you know? So Mm -hmm. for those who might be, you're getting in Indeed or your, your job search and you're typing public health, it may, that perfect job for you or that perfect opportunity for you may not be listed as public health. It may be in a field like social work. It may be in a field like psychology. It may be in something completely different. But once again, if you're recognizing that public health is in everything, you're open to exploring different paths and different fields because they need us in different places, just like they need us in social work. They Mm -hmm. need us in all these Mm -hmm. different places because although they're closely related, the training is very different. So that's super important. And then I was going to to also talk about you talking about that it's rewarding, right? To work with community, Mm -hmm. but it's also super challenging. Like it's hard. Like on that community advisory team, we became like family. And that's Mm -hmm. kind of the cool part about research is because this is the point where research meets relationships and you start to Mm -hmm. build connections with people. And Mm -hmm. Y'all taught me a, a whole lot. Y'all taught me more <laughs> in that experience. Than, well, you know. <laughs> yes. So mm-hmm. being able, it was definitely hard, especially with me mm-hmm. being my first time. And I don't care what's in, in all these textbooks back here. I don't care. Mm-hmm. What's in, <laughs> I don't care what's in them textbooks. Okay. It's, it's, nothing teaches you better than that real world experience. Nothing, nothing will teach you more than the real world Mm -hmm. experience. Like it's totally different, totally different. So Mm -hmm. definitely getting that community experience and understanding what it's like to work with people because a book can't tell you all the different personalities you're going to, you're going to encounter all the different lived experiences of people that you're mm-hmm. going to learn how to navigate and how to figure out mm-hmm. how, to, how to work with them in building mm-hmm. what works best for them and their community. Because I say, exactly. all, I say all the time as a researcher, it ain't about you. It ain't got nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it don't matter what yes. you want. <laughs> it don't matter what you want. It right. don't matter what you want to do. If it's not what your community wants or needs, it's not going to matter. Exactly. And I, I had the experience of working with community health workers when I was doing the breast and cervical cancer education. And your know, community health workers are 
people in the community you've recruited to do the education, to reach out and get other people involved. And they are so serious <laughs> about what they do. And then they will flat out tell you, that's not going to work. Like, no, that don't matter. Like what you said, no, that's not going to work. You know, and you learn so much from working with the people who work there. They cannot stand for you to come in and tell them, well, this is what you need. Work with them and, and find out exactly. And they will tell you what they need. And that's it. That was such a great experience. So working with them, they were called Charps. I don't know if the Charps are still around, but <laughs> I loved working with them yeah. when doing that. Yeah. And that's the thing, like the honesty and the transparency. Mm-hmm that you feel mm. because community members are going to protect what's theirs. Like, right. It's no negotiation in that. Mm-hmm. They are going to protect mm-hmm. what's theirs, especially if they've already had poor relationships with researchers, mm-hmm. bad, bad experiences with right. researchers. You might be the best researcher and come in there like, oh, I just want to listen to you. I just want to understand your experience. And they're going to be like, let's see. Why you, why, why? <laughs> why are you here? What do you want? <laughs> like, why? Yes, tell why me why you need to know what is and what are you gonna do once you leave? Mm-hmm. You know, and that is always, you know, like what are you gonna do with this once you leave? I've heard that before from community members. Like people always want to come in and get all this information from us and say they're coming to help us, but then they don't come back and do anything. And that makes it much harder, you know, when you're doing research. So you have to keep that in mind those experiences yes yeah yeah and just making yourself open to being humble to the experience and listening to the people because it may not be you it may be a bunch of people who who messed it up before you (laughs) right right the point the point you can't take it personally yeah (laughs) don't take it personally but the fact is they messed it up they made it harder so you just have to kind of suck it up and figure it out (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it just just means it's going to take a little bit more time Mm -hmm. and that's okay. But I want to ask if you could change anything, if you could change anything about your career path and your experience, is there anything that you would do differently? Honestly, I don't think I would change anything. And I say that, I guess, because I have this time, I don't sound old, but, you know, (laughs) just because I've had these lived experiences. I think I could not be as successful as a faculty member and teaching students had I not had that experience working in the field. I think that gives me so much more to add to what's in the textbook and what's mm-hmm. out there. It's the fact that I had that experience. So I'm thankful and I'm glad that I had that so that I would be able to be where I am. I guess if I had to think of one thing is that I did not get my dream job, which was working for the CDC. (laughs) Who knows? I may still get there one day, but that was my dream that, you know, I would go to Atlanta and I work for the CDC and I do this. But, you know, I don't think that there is anything that I would change because it all made me better for who I am. And I'm still continuing to grow and learn all the time. You know, I'm always looking for other ways in which I can do things, you know, like doing our also members of Delta Sophie, which is decided um, for public health education. And so we, and through that, I'm glad that I'm getting more involved in that because still that's another avenue and something different to look at and to do, you know, I'm constantly looking at other ways to learn and grow. 
but I'm thankful and I'm grateful for the path that I've had and the people that I've met along the way because they are who helped me get to where I am. So, so appreciative. Yeah, yeah, I totally understand that. And I feel the same way, you know, all the good, the bad and the ugly experiences, Mm -hmm. all of it helped to shape, you know, where I am today. So, you know, that's Mm -hmm. like, like you said, being able to serve and for those who might be listening, definitely check out your professional organizations. Even if you're a student, a lot of professional organizations have student memberships, you get to Mm -hmm. be a part of the process get experience, network with other people. Society of Public Health Education is one of them for those who Mm -hmm. might be in the Alabama, Mississippi, and Louisiana region. We have the Delta chapter. There are different chapters all across the nation for Society of Public Health Mm -hmm. Education. So definitely check into that. Also, your state public health associations are great places to join as a professional member. Mm -hmm. And you might have an experience to serve as a delegate or serve on the executive committee or those Mm -hmm. types of things. Those are things Mm -hmm. that continue to add to your skill. Those are leadership skills. So those are opportunities for you to continue to build up on your career as a public health researcher or a public health Mm -hmm. professional. So definitely look into those for sure. Um, Let's see, we have Mm -hmm. coalitions and different things. Yes, yes. Coalitions Mm -hmm. are great, too. And a lot of coalitions are going to be local to your area. Mm -hmm. And if you join your local professional memberships of either the Society of Public Health Education or your Public Health Association, or I think some of them are called Area Health Education Centers. AHEC. AHEC, yep. Some places have community health worker associations or training associations as well. So those are some great opportunities Uh there to get plugged in. And just as we get ready to kind of wrap up a little bit, I think I'm going to ask this last question. What brings you joy in the work that you do? I'll do it two different ways. So for as a faculty member, it is when my students get it. You know, like when I can tell that light bulb has gone off and they understand and they know what it is and they can say, oh, I got this. Because there are so many, there's so many different facets to public health. And I want them to see all the different opportunities and all the different things that are there and then understanding who they'll be working with and how to get an appreciation for these communities and not coming and don't have this judgmental or these biases and kind of put those aside and, and, you know, start to look at who we are actually doing this work for in that respect. So that brings me joy when the, the light bulb goes off. And I guess I could say the same when I was actually in the field and working and reading research and different things like that. That just brings me so much joy that our field is just growing and evolving. And we have all these excited new people ready to hit the ground running and just go with it with all these innovative ideas. And, you know, I'm like, oh, I never would have thought of that. You know, it's just I love to see it. I do. I love that, you know, and the ideas and things that come up. And I'm like, you should really look into publishing that. You should really think about taking that further. You should actually try to see if you can get that implemented in some way. I just love it. That brings me joy. Yeah. And I can definitely say I agree. When students start getting it, it's like, 
I know it sounds cheesy, but as faculty members, we get like so excited and we're like, we're, <laughs> we you're, do. We're, you're an inner cheerleader. Like we're just yes. so excited that you get what we're trying to explain to you and mm-hmm. to see you go out to the, because these younger millennials and Gen Zers, y'all about to change the game. Like, yes, indeed. Like it's about to be over with. It might take us a few years to get there, but I definitely think I'm excited mm-hmm. for the future, I am too. the future of public health because I think a lot of us have gotten to the point where we just not taking no stuff. Like, like you can't just do mm-hmm. anything. <laughs> you can't just do anything and get away with it. You know, we're mm-hmm. speaking up more. We're standing mm-hmm. up more. We are fighting mm-hmm. more, you know, yes. fighting, fighting harder. And it's exciting to see that because we're not that far removed from the Tuskegee syphilis experiment or Henrietta exactly. Lattice or all this experimentation that happened in medical research, we are not that far removed from it. Mm -hmm. So it's exciting to see a change in the tide and what us younger folks can do and the changes that we're trying to make. Now, granted, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be an easy ride at all. No, it's not. But the fact that we can come together and we do have all these tools and resources, social media, you know, we're we're mm-hmm. able to connect with each other differently and in a different capacity than before. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that can be extremely powerful, you know, in how we connect communities <clears throat> to different resources and fight with each other mm-hmm. to fight for change. So I'm really excited for future of public health. And I hear people all the time say, you know, what do you think the job market is going to look like? <laughs> what do you think? The, <laughs> what do you think the career outlook is, is going to look like? Well, I definitely don't think public health is going to be going out of style. Anytime. I don't either. <laughs> I, I do not. I do not. Like I said, more people are coming aware of what the field is. The pandemic made everyone very aware mm-hmm. of what the field is. And now people can see that it's not just that, though. That's not all that the field is. It's a whole lot more related to the field, a whole lot more. Yeah, I'm like, when Disney starts getting public health officers for their cruise lines, I'm like, I think we're going to be all right, y'all. We're going to be just fine. <laughs> I, think our, I think our job market is going to be all right. We're going to be all right. We're going to be just fine. Yes, yes, yes. So mm-hmm. I don't think that you're going to have to worry about any of that. Just, just, no. just keep on trucking. Keep on going. Keep on Yes, fighting. keep on and, keeping on. Yep. It's, it's <laughs> be all right. We dropping all of this Southern, all of this Southern talk. Yes, we and are. I, and I love it. I love it. <laughs> So as we wrap up, we definitely appreciate you coming on and having this conversation. Thank you Um, for inviting me. Absolutely. We always love having Native Mississippians on. Mm -hmm. It it just ain't no place like Mississippi. I I know Mississippi gets a bad rap. It gets a bad rap. But we are some good people. (laughs) Good people. Good people. The hospitality, Uh the the love, the community. You're not going to find it anywhere else. You know, no, you're Mississippi, not. there's something special about it Mississippi. Is. It is. It is. So if listeners wanted to get in touch with you or wanted to connect with you, maybe if they have more questions or anything, how can they mm-hmm. reach out to you? My LinkedIn profile, which is my name, Marche McNeil, 
it might be Marsha A. McNeil, but it's there for my LinkedIn profile. Anyone can reach out to me there and send me a message or whatever, and I'll be happy to answer anything that you would like. Well, thank you so much. I hope whoever's listening, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And thank you, Dr. McNeil, for joining us on the Public Health Joy podcast. Thank you, Joy. I am so grateful for this time we got to spend together. If you enjoyed this episode, I need you to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. For more information on transforming public health research into positive community impact, visit www.joywashington.com. This is where research meets relationship. And I'll see you next time on the Public Health Joy Podcast.